I forgot about this. This is so good. This is so good. Oh. See, this is what happens, but we purposely never tell our guests what's going to happen. We just like to raise the vibration unexpectedly. I listen to your podcast, (laughs) so therefore I should have known and been prepared to woo myself, but... Welcome. I'm so glad. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking with the one and only Monique Coleman. She is an actress, an activist, a leader, mm. a warrior princess. Yes, warrior princess. Mm. An author, and so mm. many other things. And, and I also want to say a great spiritual teacher, mm. as wow. well as the work that she does for women and with the United Nations. She steps up mm. when there is a place to... That needs a voice. Wow. You know? Um, yeah. Um, you may know Monique from High School Musical. <laughs> she was in my film. That Maybe. tiny little movie. That tiny little movie. <laughs> yeah. Anyone saw it. Um, and uh, she was in my movie, Naomi and Eli's No Kiss List, yeah. where we got to be soul sisters. Yes. Um, and is there anything else that you'd like to share with them with them about you before we jump on in? I am on a show currently on Go90 called Guidance. Yeah, you are. a guidance counselor. So it's still streaming if anyone wants to check it out. Guidance. 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 Uh Season three. Uh Got it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Um, Anyone who's in our LA community might also remember that we had Monique come in as a special guest teacher to create Los Angeles. I think that was like maybe a year ago. It could be, yeah. Uh, but anyway, that um, time that we taught with Monique is actually available to watch. Still, if you go on the Actors Green Room website, uh, you can check us out when Mo came. <laughs> it was like very deep. It was one of those ones where Kristen and I just stopped talking and went, go, <laughs> go and speak. Go. <laughs> that spirit flow from Mo. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I remember the very first time I met Mo, an AD friend of ours, um, producer, writer, director, friend, yes. uh, said, uh, you two need to meet each other. I think you might be uh, you know, sisters from another planet. Yes. And then we met, and our first conversation like, went all night. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And then I remember maybe a year or a year and a half ago uh, coming to L.A. And we were taking you to the airport for some reason. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And Kristen's like, well, Natalie, uh, I don't know what you're doing, but please come take Monique to the airport with me because That's something right. magical will happen if you meet her. Wow. <laughs> and we have the deep, like the car ride yes. from here to LAX. Yes. I remember like holding you from yes. the Yes. And you taught me how to take bigger breaths so that I could receive more. I forgot about that! Yeah. Wow. So now here we are all together again. Yes. After so long. But feeling like nothing has ever changed. That's very true. It goes deeper. Well, one of the things that I think is so exciting about Monique is not only is she a born teacher, but um, all of the tools that we teach and create are what I have always seen you implement in your life. So of using spiritual tools in your life, in your art, in your expansion... Um, and then from the very beginning, you mm-hmm. and I have been talking about like that your launch into your big life happened as because of the deep inner work you were doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I feel like we're moving into a different time where it's not scary to talk about that Mm-mm. anymore. Yeah. You know, it used to be something that was kind of under, it was like a secret or it was kind of under, you didn't really want to give respo- or um, give credit to spirit for everything. 
But now I know that there is nothing without spirit moving through me and, and um, my work. And that is that is 100% true. I think everything that I am is, I've always known since my childhood, really, um, that it was bigger than me and that it was bigger than the idea that I had of me. And it's only very recently, I would say this year, that I'm starting to walk in that truth. And when I don't, things don't work out. <laughs> like, and, it's, and it's very clear that it's because I am holding on or trying to make things happen instead of allowing them. Can you talk to us a little bit, um, for those of our listeners who are just getting to know you for the yes. first time, can you talk us through a little bit, just your process of like becoming the person you are today? Sure. So I always thought that I just wanted to be an actress. You know, I, as a child... I loved stories that moved me and anything that moved me, dance, music, art. I was that deep kid that was watching Alvin Ailey and bawling my eyeballs out. Like, I just want to impact people, you know? <laughs> um, and on the other side of that, uh, there was also this little girl who didn't know how to express herself and didn't feel allowed to express herself. And so, so much of my truth came out in my work the truth that I couldn't share in my real life. So the relationships that I couldn't have, the fights that I couldn't get in, the, the love that I didn't feel I was allowed to share in, in different capacities. Um, that's where I hid myself. So I hid myself in my work as an actress and was incredibly dynamic as a child actress and just had so many big feelings. However, I think that I was equally empty in my emotional life as a person. And so it's interesting that I um, kind of manifested this really bright, bubbly, wonderful project, High School Musical, um, that allowed me to be this one version, but sort of cut off all of this other stuff, you know, and it was sort of the manifestation of like the perfect child. Mm. Um, and it's, I mean, gosh, it was an incredible, amazing experience, obviously. However, all those other feelings started to come up about, you know, how I'm not really truthful in my real life, how I'm not really, um, how I wasn't not, I'm, I've since grown from there, but how I wasn't really very truthful. And I would ask my friends how I should feel, how should I feel about this? How should I feel about that? Mm. Instead of even recognizing or identifying my own personal feelings, unless I was playing a character. Mm. And so the height of fame for me was a very low personal point. And it was a really kind of, I don't know if you've read Susan Batson's book, but it was a really sort of awkward kind of like conflict of the soul moment where my persona that I had put out there that everyone loved was having a fight with the person who kind of didn't like themselves and didn't feel whole or intentional. And so that's how I kind of, that's what led me to realizing that this was a slippery slope and to really talk to spirit and to get back to my core and myself and say, you know what? I would, I'd rather lose all of this than to lose myself. That's so profound because I think so many of us fall under the illusion that I'm doing this spiritual work only so I can get somewhere. Does that make sense? Yes. 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 Even I can notice in whether it's myself or in our community, let me do this inner work so that 
I can make money, get cast in this thing, get on a series regular job, whatever the thing is. But, um, but, but really it's like you were in that position where you had all the big jobs and abundance and, uh, fame, but, um, it it felt the opposite way where you then had to go back into the network. Yes. And I think that I was a spiritual warrior as a child because I came from, I came from a place that did, it didn't add up to me being who I am right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't come from a Hollywood background, didn't come from very much money. My mom was a single mom. I'm an only child. And we just kind of roughed it together. And it, and I always had these bigger dreams and visions. So I didn't know that as a child, I practiced visualization. I practiced affirmations. I teleported myself to other places. I didn't accept my reality as being my reality when I was younger. I just knew that I was bigger and bound for more things. And I also didn't have hope either for them. I knew them. It wasn't this thing where I was like, oh, I really, really hope that this happens. It's like, no, I know that this is what's going to happen and it has to happen. And all of these things, I would live in the moment and I was present. However, because there was this part of myself that I didn't reveal, this sort of sequestered self, this sad kind of um, broken little girl who was dealing with um, certain traumas and other experiences that were really difficult that I couldn't share. Because that was simultaneously happening, I, um, I feel like when I experienced myself in all the things that I manifested, I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Like I was somewhere else and thought that it was going to somehow fill those empty places and fill those spaces and give me something or love me or hold. I, I don't know. I thought that it was going to feel like something that it didn't. So it was interesting because I did. I do think I manifested my career through very spiritual paths. But then once it became very real, I tried to hold on to it, claim it, make it mine, and then squeeze the living life out of it and tried to figure out what I needed to do to continue to have it or because without it, I didn't know who I would be. Wow. I'm feeling so much identification with everything that you just said. Mm. I, I like, I feel like the same thing a little bit with like my own journey of like wanting to create success and doing it out of spiritual means. And then as soon as it happens going, how do I hold on to this? How am I, how do I become worthy of it? How do I work hard enough so that I don't ruin it? Like, yes, yes, yes. As, as, as if, and what it revealed is where I was in my spiritual understanding at the moment was not realizing that it wasn't about my work or right. my worthiness right. or um, uh, having to achieve that I didn't have to prove myself to spirit. Right. You know? Right. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Or I, I mean, I that just really touched me because that is what it is, is suddenly I felt unworthy of yeah. everything that had happened. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I wanted to... I wanted to hold on to it and give it back at the mm. same time, mm. you know? Um, and I think that that's when a little bit of self-sabotage started to happen, a little bit of uncharacteristic behavior. Also, I didn't know what to do with the abundance that I had acquired. And I think that that's, you know, for anyone that's listening, such an important thing that we have to treat our dreams as though they're on their way. Like they're on their way. Yeah. And, but when you're, when something is, is coming to you, you prepare for it. You came into my home today. I prepared Mm -hmm. for you. I thought about 
oh, you know, do I have water? If they want water, you know, like and the flowers, and the flowers, and and I prepare for you. And I think that we don't prepare for our dreams. Um, we don't prepare our emotional, spiritual, like our life or yeah. the the things that we will do or the places that the way that we are going mm-hmm. to continue this journey because there is no place to arrive to. How will we continue this journey um, and not make it about? the that result but make it just 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 live just yep. it's just part of our day-to-day life experience we chose to be the magic makers we chose to be the ones that play pretend and make believe and and step into each other's shoes and clothes and wear these lives and reflect life back to people that's so beautiful however that is just our experience of the world mm-hmm. and that's just what we've created but it doesn't sort of put us on some other plane where now we are in some way responsible for that any differently than anyone else is in their own life. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's so funny because sometimes what we will talk about within the community is we'll say, think, think about what your dream is. And, you know, when we teach create um, in New York, largely the community there is actors. So speaking to the actor mentality, we'll say, can let's imagine that every person who came to create today is leaving with a contract that you're all series regulars on a television show, but it starts six months from now. But six months from now, you're making this much money, you're the lead in this series, like everything's good. How now, when you walk out of this room, do you live your life for the next six months? Because many of us would say, well, no, I don't want to go to that audition because I don't really care about yes. that. Or, no, I really want to eat really this certain way to prepare my body yes. for this thing I'm about to do. Does that make sense? 100%. Like every action would change. Many of us would take a vacation. Many of yes. us would spend time with our friends. Many of us would live our lives in a different way, like you said, in the preparation because you know it's coming. Yes. That the holding and the grasping actually is the distrust that it's actually coming Ooh, it's, it's lack yes. of faith. or that more is coming yes. or that it'll be there yes it's, it's total lack of faith yeah. you know it's like it's um i i always feel like the universe wants us to remember that faith is our friend Ooh, right yeah and faith by its nature is the antidote to the anxiousness Ooh, right yes so if if it's almost it's because the universe loves us so much and wants us to be happy that it wants us to learn that faith is like arms that will wrap us up yes and have us yes right so it does then ask that question of if you are so certain that your dreams are happening you know that contract's coming you live in that faith and that faith itself has magic in it yes right like yes. that's what that's in every single religious tradition across the board. Absolutely, right. It's not just Jesus saying if you have faith as a mustard seed. Right. It's it's it goes across the board. Across the board. Yes. Now, what's interesting about that is that that is my safe space, mm. the place that I'm moving into, and and have really kind of struggled with these last years, and especially with success, is how to maintain that point of view. Six months and two weeks in. Mm. <laughs> yes. When you have it and you're in it, why then is there this pressure that we put on ourselves? Why mm. then is this that that and what I find that I tended to do was to create scenarios and create situations that caused me to 
kind of have to have a, a hyper reaction. I would cause situations that gave me lack or, wow. or that sabotaged or, or made me have to start over again instead of sitting in the manifestation and understanding that, wow, this is actually maybe for me more uncomfortable mm. than the, the idea that it was coming and the belief and the preparation and the excitement now being in it, I'm terrified. <laughs> now what do I do? How do yeah. I enjoy it? How do I experience it? How do I, without the fear then creeping up that will I ever get another one? How long mm-hmm. is this going to last? Is what, what's going to happen now? And I think, you know, that, that for me is something I'm sure a lot of people struggle with Wow, as so well. is it possible that many of us will keep our dream at <gasps> arm's length? <gasps> Because it actually feels more comfortable to not know it than to know it and feel like it's not going to be here forever. Wow. Or it might go away. It's like I have a teacher, who, uh, Christy Marsden, who says, um, if, if there's nothing to worry about, you will worry about the fact that there's nothing to worry about. Yes. So we are not comfortable living in our state of abundance manifestation, yes. and we're not comfortable having the faith that even if this goes away, there's another hill right on the next corner. So instead, we will create kind of chaos for us to distract ourselves in our focus right, right. Uh, because we're just not used to feeling good. Girl, I mean, say that loud for the people mm-hmm. in the back. <laughs> that is very true. Well, and, and so, like, I almost feel like that then, like, part of the preparation, right? Like, if we're athletes and we're, and we're doing exercises and we're, we're preparing, is if we know it's all within, so that, that the love is within and that the peace is within and the abundance is within, we can go in and spend time with those qualities right here and right now so that we get real comfortable with those qualities. Say that, yes. So if we get real comfortable, like, no matter what's going on yes. here and now... I can experience all the love. It's almost like if you if you were pulling like your true mm-hmm. love into your life, you would just get comfortable being in the space of love so that when a hot Mr. or Miss Wright come to your door, you don't freak out. Right. Right? Like, right. oh my gosh, they're talking to me right. now and right. we're on a date and right, I'm going to freak out, right? Because it's near. Uh. We get so comfortable being in love. The same thing of like developing that inner like prosperity consciousness uh, yes. so we can hold it. I remember this interview, and I know I've talked to both of you about this, that Oprah and Tyler Perry were talking yes. about how they couldn't hold on to their first million. Yep. They gave it away because they felt unworthy of it. Mm-hmm. And part of the lesson they had to learn was like how to know I could hold it right I gave away my first million yeah Mm. yeah (laughs) yeah actually I mean and it's interesting because you disguise it in in different ways you know you look at it like um I you know whatever you do whether you buy homes whether you but for you know for me a lot of it was the philanthropy and the giving back and and what I've learned since is that prosperity and abundance and giving is not meant to be depleting it's it will give back to you now where you give may not be the source of your in, of it coming back, but when you're giving in in a proper way, you, you also should be receiving in right. the same way. Right. And I found that I was blocking myself from receiving and giving abundantly, and that and 
and it's not to say that you shouldn't give abundantly, but I was blocking the receiving on the other end because I felt like I was at my capacity and I wanted to lower my value in some sense, or I wanted to lower the amount that I had so that I could feel more comfortable. And I did that by giving it away. But when I was giving away, I could have grown more and actually done even more, which I don't have any regrets Mm -hmm. about this. It's just interesting as I'm moving into this next phase of my life. I did run out of money. I mean, I think to be very clear, you know, um, I gave it all away, including my portion. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something um, that we have to be mindful of, of that if you don't sort of look at and address those feelings of unworthiness, it doesn't matter whether it's on Louis Vuitton bags Mm -hmm. or on, you know, saving the children. At the end of the day, um, that, that sense of, of not wanting something to not wanting to be taken care of beyond what exceedingly abundantly beyond what we can imagine Mm. and that we deserve that yeah can lead us think the idea of the starving artist or the struggling artist was invented by artists Mm. to to assuade the guilt we felt for living a life we love to live. Ooh! <laughs> Mic drop, Roy. Like the feeling of, let's say we were raised in homes where single mom or uh, my family, like growing up in like a really small community or your family being teachers, you know, we weren't um, brought up to know the sky's the limit. You can do anything you want. Yeah. I have all the abundance. I, I only wake up and do a job that I'm crazy about every day. Yeah. Many of us did not grow up knowing that, right? So all of a sudden, we take a stand for I get to make art. I get to get paid for yeah. it. I get to play with other people. I get to be creative. I get to feel joy doing what I love every day. Yes. Oh, I'm not allowed because I feel so guilty that the people I love don't know that, that now I have to put on top of it that, well, yes, I get to live what I love, but not all the time. I don't make mm. money doing it. It's transient. Mm. I don't have a pension. Blah, blah, this blah, This is blah, a blah. huge breakthrough. I mean, this is a, that is a, wow. That is a huge, huge, huge uncovering. As if we couldn't stand for life being all of the good. Right. I get to do what I love. I get to be my, fully myself, yeah. and I get paid richly for it. Yes. Because guilt lives in the second chakra, which is the birthing house of creativity and purpose. Wow. So anytime our creativity and purpose are fully alive in the world, the ego is going to have to create guilt yeah. to tell us too much. Too Who much, am too I much. to feel this way? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I, I experienced that as well when I would have bad days or difficult days, I didn't feel that it was my right to share those things because who am I to have a bad day living in all this abundance and prosperity? Who am I to to feel bad or, or to not, because for me, the things that I I didn't cultivate were how to have healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. And so I was, you know, the picture of financial abundance and, and a certain level of prosperity and career success but when it came to personal relationships, I was at a loss. I was a middle school middle school girl when it came to that. I didn't have much experience, but I felt unworthy of having conversations about what I lacked because of all that you could see that I had. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, who am I to, to feel bad about anything, really? Right. And so I just kind of swallowed it. And not only did, like, did I swallow it, but I kind of had bad behavior because of it. So how often do we keep ourselves out of the abundance, the success, the worth we know we are, because then we're worried that if we have a bad day, we're not allowed to be authentic and truthful to our truth, to ourselves. 
And can I just thank you for being so truthful and so <laughs> transparent? Yeah. Like, it's gorgeous. It's like mm. a hot sword. <laughs> you know oh. what I mean? Like, where it just goes straight to the center. And it's really beautiful. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. Um, yeah. And that takes a lot of inner space. Thank you. Yeah, so congratulations to you for cultivating that inside of yourself. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. What does the next phase feel like for you? It feels... I have to to share one thing. I'm a vision board junkie. I make them all the time. Love them. I haven't actually made one recently. But this year, I even have an app where you can make a vision board and then use it as your screensaver. So in previous years, I would dig up all these amazing photos and, you know, map out my perfect life. And this year, I decided to make a vision board only of things that had already happened. Mm-hmm. Because I realized that I, the things that I was wanting and looking for, I had a picture of them already. I just wanted more of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being the, on a poster, you know, or or teaching a workshop or traveling or having a beautiful husband or all these things that I was sort of still putting in front of me because I wanted them in a, maybe I wanted them to last longer or maybe I wanted to travel to different places. Or I find that sometimes in our quest for the next dream, we don't recognize that the dream has already been realized in some capacity and we kind of poop on the one that already happened Mm -hmm. and feel like, oh, that... That's not, that wasn't really real in some sense. And so I say that to say that my response is, is, is it looks like my life looks right now just ease with being more fully supported in being who I have become. Um, it looks as joyful and as relaxed and as sometimes stressful. <laughs> I think it looks the same. It just... Um, it's just more of it. Mm-hmm. I just, I just want more of it. I want to be a, I want to be used more to my fullest capacity. That is gorgeous. I love making a vision board of your current state, mm-hmm. you know, of your present. Yeah. Um, and it reminds me of when on your iPhone, have you know this new thing that they do in pictures now where they're like, here was your September. Yes, right. Yes. And then also all these different pictures that they've pulled from your September pop up. And you're like, what I a had a great life. September. I yes. had the best life ever. Yes, and it's just really interesting. Um, it's it you know it's like a, a twist on the gratitude process. Yes, of going like, look look what has been created. Yeah, yeah, right here and now. I also feel like spirit has shown up for me bigger, better, and more amazingly than anything that I could ever create. Mm. And I want to live in that, and I'm choosing to live in yeah. that actually. I think, and I don't know if anyone else, if you guys have ever experienced this or anyone that's listening has, but I even talked to you about this, Kristen, with Naomi and Eli. When things come easily to me, I question them Uh, and I'm frightened of them. And as an actress, I felt tethered to the audition process as the way to reveal my worth. So if I was chosen by a producer or director or casting director to make it through the full extent of the process, then I was worthy of the role. If someone offered me a role, ooh, I don't know. 
that how, how do I know that I was really deserving of it? How do I know I'm really good enough to play it? How do I know that I'm going to be that I'm the right person for it? And that has since shifted, but I struggled with that for a long time. What if I want to do a speaking tour, but it's during pilot season? But there's pilot season, and and I think being in this place now and creating our own seasons and decide and, and recognizing the seasons of our life and our abundance and prosperity and not being so tethered to the idea of, of what the industry says and when they say it and letting God be our agent and our manager and having great people as well, but really also just flowing through where, where we're led when we're led there mm-hmm. and trusting what comes to us because I no longer feel that the roles that we play are by chance or coincidence. I think that they are our soul's evolution and we are connecting to parts and whether you're an actor, director, writer, producer, that these projects are meant to move us forward and to move humanity forward in some capacity. And so the ease with which they can come, mm-hmm. I invite, that's what I'm inviting. That's the, that's where I'm at is, is I, I want to spend my time doing what I want to be doing and not trying to do mm-hmm. what I want to do. Mm. I mean, I know that's true. I, I always feel like the projects that come into my life are spiritual lessons for me. Mm-hmm. You know, like the theme of whatever the, the project is, is a theme for me to learn. Yes. And that there will be something in the process of it yeah. as well that is all about bringing me back to wholeness. And how great for us to then know that we're allowed then to say no to the projects or the people or the collaborations that don't feel in alignment with us because they won't serve us moving forward. And if that's the case, then it will distract us from whatever the next evolution is through a different project. Yes. I have a quick story. I love a story. So, and I haven't told this yet. This is fun. This is an exclusive. (laughs) So earlier this year, I was experiencing extreme financial difficulty. You know, we live on creative incomes. It happens. And for whatever reason, this was a particularly difficult time. And I, it was, I think, March, probably March of this year. And I was days late on paying my rent. Now, one thing that I've learned as of late is to continue to move through the discomfort of whatever experience I'm having so that the miracle can show up. I used to get in bed, put myself under the covers and not leave for for days hoping that something would happen or I just wouldn't emerge. And now I emerge and I show up and I let people see me in whatever place that I'm in. So I was continuing to move around Los Angeles, but in this particular situation, and continuing to express my authentic truth through social media and so forth, but you wouldn't have necessarily known how difficult things had gotten. And on this particular day, I went to meet with someone about writing and creating a show together and so forth, and I come home, I get in the car, and I have an email and a phone message from my landlord saying, you know, your rent is over a week late. Um, I believe that there might be someone staying with you. Not only am I going to raise your rent, but I am going to, you know, uh, if, if you don't have the money within this period of time, like we're going to have to serve you a notice. And I was like, okay. So I came in the house and, you know, shared that news and pretty much just bawled my eyes out. <laughs> yeah. Like just was like, oh my gosh. Okay. 
And up until this time, I'd just been holding on. And, and I just, you know, I just cried about it and just let it go. Maybe an hour later. Now, earlier, I'd gotten a message from my manager who said, hey, give me a call. And I was like, okay. So they call back. I call back. And he's like, oh, hey, hold on a second. Uh, let me call you back in a second. He gets the whole team together. <laughs> uh, we have an offer for you, Mo. Wait, what? Uh, yes, we have an offer for you for a show called Guidance. Oh. <laughs> for you to be uh, the lead <laughs> on Guidance. And sure, yes, the character is a guidance counselor. But come on. Oh, come on. Come on. Oh. Come on. And when I read it, it was... Exceeding, it was exactly every single thing about it the age, the, the character, the content. It is literally the intersection of my actress and my activism mm. split down the middle. Uh-huh. It's everything that I stand for. Mm-hmm. It's on a streaming platform with a great production company. Every single now, I had not gotten even a callback really during pilot season. I'd been going out and so forth. It was six weeks, it was, I believe, a Thursday. It started on Monday, like wow. it was. A few days, I, I literally had maybe a week at most to get together, start fittings, mm-hmm. jumping into it, and and have that experience. Yeah. And I share that because that, that for me was, I felt like the universe being as blatant as blatant can be about how much she has our back. Like, oh, yeah. I felt, I was like... And what was interesting is that the feeling that I had on the other side of it wasn't like, oh my God, see, it was just like peace. Yeah, (laughs) just peace. But I had, it was the same peace. And that's what I'm starting to to understand in the place that I want to continue to move in is being able to have the same amount of peace, whether I have nothing, whether I have everything, whether whatever situation that I'm in to know that I am always loved and I am always supported and I am always guided. And those moments, those low points are the the breeding ground for miracles. And those high points are the opportunity to give abundantly. And that Mm. they all are just us moving on different sides of the same thing. And we can have peace inside of all of it. Yeah, Mm. that's it. I saw... uh my shaman yesterday who I come and see every time I'm in LA she's phenomenal and she said many of us have the illusion that when we get to the end of this life we are judged but there's no judgment there's only a measurement and the measurement is how much love did you receive and how much love did you give (sighs) and it's interesting to me that we have this sort of belief system that I have to be a good person or do things a certain way and at the end of my life so I don't get judged but really it's just saying how much were you able to open yourself to let us fill you and delight you and Mm -hmm. give to you and so it's like in those low moments how can you open yourself to be a bigger space of that receiving and in the high moments how can you open yourself to be the bigger space of giving yes that's it. That's the call. So good. And I love just cultivating that no matter what the circumstance looks like. Yes. So that we can be that space that can flow between giving and receiving. Yes. You know, no matter what what area of our life we're playing on, you know, it, when when we're in the middle of the great marriage or when we're on the brink of divorce, yes. when we are when our bank account is flush or when like scraping together quarters yes. for, you know, 
whatever, like that no matter what the outer world looks like, that our that that inner world becomes such a space that is that we that we know it that we spend so much time knowing our inner world i think so often we go out running around in that outer world and freaking out about it yes right but but if we spend enough time in that inner world we can start to get so comfortable with that space that 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 we live from there and that's that's always what we're seeking yes you know like that thing about the big bank account it just gives us that feeling of security right but that security is really within yes it's only uh and like an emblem or a symbol yes oh the the inside is flush Uh (laughs) so we can show you on the outside the proof of that yes that's right Yeah. yeah yeah oh man Thank Ooh. you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for, for sharing. Thank I you wish for this sharing. podcast was visual because she's also so beautiful. Aww. Aww. The you all have to Aww. look up her pictures. And Follow her, her on Instagram yes. because sometimes she just gives sunshine through my phone with some of her looks. I'm like, <laughs> yes. okay. Thank you, goddess. Thank you, goddess. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for having us in your space and, and being who you are and showing us what's possible. Thank you. I love you both so much. The so love deep. is huge. Yeah. I, I always love being with you and hearing your miracle stories. Mm. You have so many wonderful miracle I stories. Do. <laughs> I do have a lot of miracles. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be a whole podcast. We'll have her back on. Yeah. We're going to talk about miracles. miracles. Oh, oh, I have oh, so many miracles. You just built up like two hours of miracles. <laughs> just miracles. Okay, that's the next episode. That'll, next be, back. That'll yes. be the Christmas edition. Yay! Miracles. <laughs> yeah. Um, we love you. Thank you. I love you too. Um, if anybody wants to find out more about you or your work, is there a place they can go? I think Instagram at this moment is probably the best. Just underscore Monique Coleman. Uh-huh. Lovely. That's it. Yeah. Thank love you it. for you. Thank you. Oh. Um, if you all enjoyed our time with Mo, please share it with a friend and share the abundance. Uh, you can find us at the Create Community Facebook page. You can also catch us on Twitter and Instagram at the Create Playgroup. And guess what? That video series we've been talking about, Yay! all about the, the pathway to your dreams, getting in alignment with your dreams um, so that you don't feel like your dreams are far away. They are the air that you are breathing. They are the life that you are living. That video series drops November 1st. What? I know. It's, it's very exciting. So, so check out our website, www.thecreateseries.com, and you can uh, find out about that. Wishing you all of the miracles today. All the miracles. miracles. If you want to know about the Create Workshop series, you can go to www.thecreateseries.com. And if you want to know more about us, you can go to kristenhenge.com or natalieroy.com. And if you want to come to Create, you can go to the Actors Green Room in New York City. Um, and it is Sunday nights from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. and Tuesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And their website is www.theactorsgreenroom.com and you can buy Create On Demand if you don't live in New York City. Woo!